Good times, bad friends. I think the police work in this case is like amazing and it's really, really good and I'll get into it. Hey y'all, thank you for tuning in to Good Times, Bad Friends, and welcome. As always, thank you for listening, and if you like our podcast and would like to continue listening, please subscribe and forward this to all your friends and family. I thought they... Oh man. Hello. We were just having a great conversation. Can y'all hear me? Yes. We were talking about your father, actually. We were. And I was like... I could like watch all and see you talking, but I couldn't get on this screen and I'm like, oh my gosh, Doke's name just came up. I wonder if that's You're regular. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it actually is because Colin and Doke have such a good relationship that we just really value anytime they can talk about each other in a positive light. Every time Doke oh calls God. me his bestie for the resty, I just, I get a little happier and that's a pretty common occurrence. <laughs> that's, that's almost a daily thing. Yeah, that's what he saved on my phone as. Okay, we were we were gonna get into the old spy balloon, but I'm very excited about this because okay. um, Mackenzie, if you didn't know, outside of the U.S., we are now in three different countries with this podcast. There are oh. people in Indonesia, Australia, and Canada that are going to be listening to you giving us an update because apparently nobody likes to talk about us talking about people getting kidnapped in the woods by aliens. That's apparently too off the wall. Yeah. So what we decided to do is bring in more like a current event and what i would say with the theory of mastery of ten thousand hours i would say that our guest right here which is my wonderful sister-in-law my favorite sister-in-law even though by default she's my only sister-in-law <laughs> she has a phd in uh murder mystery studies oh god um oh god don't don't pay attention to him they must have heard you showed up they what's knew. up they knew i was the just in the middle of all right, so don't exile me, please. So, um, Dalton and Cody, what you missed is Justin gave this super solid intro for Mackenzie about how she has a PhD in what I assume to be murder mysteries. And as soon as that happened, y'all two popped up and you were all in <laughs> with our Canadian, Australian, and Indonesian listeners. Indonesia. That's pretty good. All the way abroad, baby. Mm-hmm. Over the um, pond. So, yeah, y'all just Mackenzie, made me really nervous. <laughs> no, don't be We're nervous. There's only, there's only like 10,000 people that are going to hear this. But anyway, Mackenzie is going to have the floor, and I actually took the opposite approach, and I watched one 40-minute documentary about oh, come on. Um, the murder of four students in Idaho. Is that correct, Mackenzie, in Idaho? Yeah, take yep. a fame, dude. In Moscow, okay. Idaho. <laughs> okay. And so Mackenzie is basically going to start, and in the words of an office quote, she's going to explain it to us like we're five. And she's going to fill Good. us in on one of the hottest topics since Mr. Or since Mr. Timothy Teddy Bundy, because oh, apparently this is guy. starting to marry up a lot. Good guy. Just, you know, he's a little misguided. And so um, Mackenzie is going to turn us into murder mystery experts after this. So Mackenzie, <laughs> I'm going to shut up. We're all going to shut up. And you are going to oh take God. us from step one to step 100 of the Idaho murders. Take us to the ready. promised land. Love it. <laughs> so real quick, I got into murder mysteries um, about six or seven years ago. I don't know if y'all have ever watched or heard of the podcast Serial. 
Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Great podcast. Yeah. So I got into that because I just truly believed that he, Adnan Sayed did not do it. And um, sure enough, he, his case was overturned and he was released from prison uh, for serving a life sentence, like not too long ago, the end of last year. And um, they actually, I think that DNA evidence is just so interesting in how it's come such a long way in the last even just 10 years. But 20 years later, they found new DNA evidence. It actually was like a priest. It's the weirdest story if you've ever, I don't know if you're really into serial, but um, really awesome ending for somebody that I really believe didn't do it. And I started listening to all these podcasts because I just thought they were like a puzzle and I really like puzzles. And so especially unsolved murders really interest me. So whenever this case broke um, back in November of last year, um, one of the first things that they always tell you if you've ever watched 48 hours is like you have 48 hours to catch a suspect because if you don't, your chances go down to like 5% of catching them. Yeah. And so whenever it first came out, I'm thinking, oh, ex-boyfriend, serial killers are actually not very common and very rare. So I really didn't think it was a serial killer, um, mainly because there were two surviving roommates still in the house, but we'll get to that. But um, it was super interesting because like, you know, a week went by and then like another week and a week after that, and we're coming up on Christmas and there's still no answers. And if you kind of look at the serial case or the Adnan case and all of that, the police work was really shoddy. It was terrible. And a guy served life in prison for it. And that was really unfortunate and um, plucked him right out of high school at 17 and threw him in prison for the rest of his life. And so mm. you have Kate, you have evidence or you have, you know, police work and the justice system that fails somebody. But then on the other hand, you have what the public believes is a failed justice system in this case. And they're actually keeping things so close to the vest because they're like, we already know who this guy is, but it's not, it's not the public's knowledge because you'll see in this case that the, the prosecutors and like the police work was so good that they were not really after an arrest. Um, they were after a conviction. So taking him to court yeah. and what's going to get into court and like solidify a conviction, which I thought was so interesting um, when you look at all of the things that went into like catching this guy. And so um, I'm going to just take you back a little bit, do a little bit about the, I have tons of notes, you guys. I'm like a geek about this stuff. She has like stuff. six pages of notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Don't That's worry. We like. We love um, So if you see me like, looking down, I'm like looking at all my notes because I don't want to forget anything. But um, the November 13th, the very, at the very early, this is of last year. So this is very recent, 2022. Uh, Moscow, Idaho, there is on Sorority Row, basically, um, very small college, you know, University of Idaho. I say very small. To us, it's a very small compared to all of yeah. our Texas colleges. They don't really, to me, are interest me a lot, but whatever. And um, there, November 13th, two roommates wake up to find unconscious people in their home, their roommates, right? Um, a 911 call goes out, and the police come to find that they're just 
they think that they're walking into an unconscious person. You have to remember, this is a college campus. We've all been to college. We all know that, you know, you never know why you're unconscious, right? And so they think they're showing up to just like, you know, some drunk college kids aren't waking up, whatever. And very quickly, they realize that that is not the case. And they walk into a home with four brutally murdered college students. Um, One of them or two of them were best friends. You'll find um, I'll kind of talk about them a little bit, but they two of them are best friends. um, And then one of them is a girlfriend and her boyfriend. Right. Um, You have Kaylee. I'm going to butcher names. Okay, you guys, I'm not great at it because I don't. They can't hear us. Northern Northern people have some very weird names. <laughs> They're kind of freaky. You have Kaylee Goncalves, Madison Logan, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin. Um, Kaylee and Madison are the two who you'll probably see the most of if you go and just like Google this case and like really read into it. They're two beautiful college girls. They're in sororities. Um, they're just like really popular on campus, whatever. And they are actually end up being together at the time of the murders. Then you have Zaina and Ethan Chapin, who are, um, they've been dating each other for like two years, very serious, and are found together in the same room as well on a different floor. The house itself is split up in three floors. So you have like your basement floor, which is where we originally thought two roommates were staying, the ones that were not murdered. You have the second floor, which is the where Zaina and her boyfriend Ethan are found. And then you have the top floor, the third floor, where uh, Kaylee and, and Madison are found. And whenever it first, whenever the case or the, the, the news story first broke, um, it was believed that they were murdered like around midnight. And they had spent the, the night of the 12th, okay, into the 13th of the, the morning of the 13th, they had spent the night of the 12th um, out at some frat parties um, and then at a local bar. They all were not together. Kaylee and Madison were together, and then Ethan and his girlfriend Zaina were together at a frat party. Um, Kaylee and Madison were at a bar. So they all are separate. And the crazy thing about... Like if, if I'm, I reference serial all the time and, and just about like the differences in these cases, this case, number one, there's so many rumors. So it's hard to, whenever this case was like first breaking and everyone was first finding out about it, it, there were so many rumors that nobody knew what the truth was. And I think a lot of that had to do with the police work, like holding it so close to the vest that it's like, we don't want, we, it's okay that all these rumors are swirling because whenever somebody kills somebody like this guy did and his kind of MO and who he is, um, you, it, he, it's funny you reference Ted Bundy because to me, he looks like physically very similar to Ted Bundy. You definitely should Google him. Um, it's like eerily creepy, but these kind of guys want publicity. They and they the want attention. rumors. They do. They want all the attention, yeah. and that's why they do it. And so, um, and funny that you say that. So, that's, when you first started talking, that's immediately what I did is I looked him yeah, up. Yeah, that's, that's what I did too. I've been kind of like yeah. looking at stuff as you're talking. 
Oh, and I, and I thought God. that was so weird too, because like, obviously you're going to get into it, but I told him like, I was going to like ask questions every once in a while, or like, I guess like point out stuff, but like the way that the police officers were just so awkward during the press conferences and like, obviously they mm-hmm. knew and they were tracking that guy and they didn't want to give anything, but then they were so bad at just saying like, Hey, y'all just shut up and let us do our job. They were like, yeah, there's no updates. And they were exactly. Like, no, no, no. You guys have been in there for like six hours, bringing out evidence. Like there's something. But I also yeah, think it's weird yeah. how and when I, they called in, people got murdered and nobody heard it. But anyway, you're going to get to that. And it's a three-story house and those people are a lot more rich than I Wait, was. Wait, yeah. so, so that goes with my question. So you're talking about all these rumors that are going around. And like, mm-hmm. I think of, because I worked in higher education for a little bit, where, where are these rumors like coming from? Like the school doesn't want to be liable for like murder on their stuff. The police officers don't want to look like they're not doing their job. So like you probably have all of these different resources trying to make it look like they're not at fault which just probably boosts this guy yeah yes so like what i think is interesting is the rumors so like take like the justice system and you put it on this whole level right and anything that you take into the courtroom cannot be a rumor it has to be proven Mm -hmm. you are innocent until proven guilty right and only the only way to be proven guilty is to have solid evidence and without reasonable doubt this guy did it right and so rumors that were swirling around some of the rumors that were swirling around were like if you've seen the videos of it's crazy now how like our society is so reliant on technology and to a fault sometimes but i also think it's really good because it's guys like this who can't get away with crap like this like they can't get away with it because think about how many like and we'll I'll go into it, but like ring cameras are on people's homes mm. and traffic lights are in like like everything everywhere you go, you're videotaped. And I am borderline conspiracy theorist. And so people talk Ooh. about getting the COVID <laughs> vaccination and getting like the uh what is it, the chip, the microchip the in microchip, you, right? Yeah. Yeah. They don't need 5G. to microchip you. This is a microchip. <laughs> This everywhere you go, this is on you, right? Um, They don't need to microchip you because they have you on video every single day of your life. They can track your every single move. They don't need to physically microchip you. So like I am conspiracy theorist deep down. You're in the right place. Um, That's one of them I can't, that's one of them I can't get on because I'm like, they don't need to do that. Anyway, so I think it's so interesting how, so like all these rumors are swirling, right? Between everyone's, everyone is like, trial by media at this point Mm. if you see some of the videos and i'm talking like within a week of the murders if you go and you look at people that are following this case whether they're on the on social media or they're on the news or whatever it is they're honing in on people who now looking back like hindsight had literally nothing to do with it but so many people are going to be like oh you were attached like you you're a suspect right and they're like no so for instance um, Kaylee and Madison were videoed at a food truck at like, like one fifty in the morning. Right. And there's a guy who's with them in a hoodie and you can, you can literally Google him as hoodie guy in Idaho. And like his videos all over the place. He doesn't have a name. Um, but he is essentially like found guilty in the eyes of the media and the eyes of the public, because he just happens to be, he looks wrong shady. Place, wrong time. He's the wrong place, wrong time. He nobody knows who he is, but like it comes out that he's just a friend and he just was happening happened to be 
leaving the bar with them, making sure they were getting home safe or getting at least to their ride home or whatever, going to the, uh, to the food truck and being safe. And because so many rumors were swirling and nobody had answers and the meat and the police weren't giving a lot of answers, people were just like, Oh yeah, he did it. And so, um, I think the police work in this case is like amazing and it's really, really good. And I'll get into it. So basically November 13th, these deaths happen and it's not for an entire month and a half that a guy by the name of Brian Koberger is arrested and um, he's arrested in his home in. So these were in Moscow, Idaho. Um, He's arrested in his home all the way in Pennsylvania. And so how did we like get to this point, right? So I'm going to give you just real quick, just a little timeline of like the night of the murders. So I'm going to give y'all real quick. If I, can y'all see me if I like yes. do my screen like this? Okay, good. It says I have it on another screen. So uh, I want to give you just a quick brief, like rundown of that night of the murders. So you can kind of figure out like what happened, where are all these characters coming into play, right? So our night... The night starts pretty early, like seven or eight o'clock. They go to their separate directions. Um, remember, Zaina and Ethan went to an off-campus uh, or fraternity party that Ethan was a part of. Um, and then Kaylee and Madison go to a bar. And these are and friends, so, I'm sorry? Like, they know each other, but they're just not together. Correct. They're roommates. So Kaylee... Okay. Uh, Kaylee, Madison, and Zaina are all roommates. And then gotcha. you have two other roommates that come into play later. And okay. Ethan is the sixth person in the home who just happens to be staying the night. Um, okay. So he kind of is the ultimate in the wrong place at the wrong time victim. Um, but the other three are roommates. They just end up not spending the night together. Gotcha. So you've got um, – K- so at 1.45 a.m. on November 13th, You've got Zaina and Ethan returning to the house that they that Zaina lived in um, with Ethan and from the party. Um, at 156, so about 10 minutes later, you've got Kaylee and Madison arriving back to the home after spending time at the at grabbing food at the food truck and time at the bar. Uh, 257, which is about an hour later, a phone is is pinged. Okay, I'm going to get into this phone in a second, but it's you'll see why this is important. But let me go down to 2.53, which is uh, about an hour and a half after everyone arrives home, in for the night, not going anywhere. Uh, 2.53, you have surveillance footage from um, local people's ring cameras, um, maybe video surveillance. That's It's not very, it's not quite certain where this footage came from on my end. I I don't know, but I'm, it might be out by now, but I'm not sure. Um, you've got surveillance footage showing a white uh, Elantra that is traveling between Pullman, Washington, and Moscow. Uh, Pullman, Washington is where Washington State University is, and then Moscow, Idaho is where the University of Idaho is. So they're about 10 miles um, separate or 10 miles away of obviously over state lines. So um, about 45 minutes later, um, you've got that white Elantra again going by the home. And 
at this time, this Elantra doesn't really mean anything to the police. They don't know why it's there. They don't, it could be somebody who lives in the neighborhood. It could be someone out for a joyride. It could be someone leaving a party. They're really not sure. Um, so this, this white Elantra kind of like inserts itself into the investigation, but they don't know why. Um, 4 a.m. is, which is, this is like the strangest thing yeah. to me. I don't know why this happens yet. And I think it's going to come out in the, in the investigation or um, in the court, but we'll see. Uh, around 4, 11 a.m., Zaina Kernodal gets a DoorDash delivery to the home. I heard about that. Which what? I think is really strange yeah. because Weird, right? I didn't think anything was open at 4 a.m., right? And um, so this is like the DoorDash delivery guy shows up at the door. He delivers the food. There is no um, – there is nothing in the timeline or that police have said if he actually gives the food to, the, to Zaina – if he drops the food on the doorstep and walks away, we don't really, I don't really know. I'm going to say, I don't know. It might be out there. Um, but from all of my research, I don't know. So very strange to me that there's a DoorDash delivery at 4 a.m. I've never DoorDashed anything um, past like 8 p.m. I didn't know anything was out available at 4 a.m. So whatever. I want to say it's Jack in the Box, but I could be wrong. So yeah. Yeah, 4 a.m., um, that adds up. So about that time, you've got this DoorDash delivery. And then around that same time, maybe three minutes later, one of the roommates, I believe it's it's Dylan is her name. DM is what she's referred to in the in the affidavit and the probable cause affidavit that comes out way later. Um, she's awakened by what she hears, what she thinks is her roommate upstairs, which would be Kaylee playing with her dog. Uh, she has like a golden doodle or a miniature golden doodle or something like that. She is what she, she hears what she thinks is playing with the dog upstairs. Um, so she's awakened. She goes back to sleep. Um, so at Wait, this hang point, on, you hang on. We can, you good, I Garrett? Something. Garrett, I just knocked the shit. Garrett is getting so worked up about <laughs> Garrett was like dog. easing in, easing in. And then <laughs> she wasn't playing with her dog. Which is so uh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Who also, okay, the, the, the whole DoorDash thing at four o'clock in the morning. And if my roommate was playing with their dog at four o'clock in the morning, I would go upstairs and choke my roommate and that dog out. And just be like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, oh, no, no, that's totally normal. She does it all and the I think time. That's it's a, like four o'clock in the morning. Love is yeah, love. I think that's what a logical person would think, too. That's what I'm thinking. Like four o'clock in the morning, I'm like, we're about to exchange some words at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, something like, you're not yeah, about to gotta play be said about that. Fetch upstairs with your dog. Is this yeah. in the sorority house? Yes. No, this is this in their is, house that yeah, they live it, in. It's yes, this is not a sorority home. It's just on the end of sorority row. It's mm. just an off-campus so it's, home. Oh, like yeah. okay. an unofficial sorority house. It's not like a sorority yeah. house. So there's okay. not like tons of people in it. Um, gotcha. But this this house itself was deemed the party house on campus. So that's where a lot oh, of like, okay. So there's a lot of people that work in and out and that comes into yes. play later on. Spoiler. Yes. So, so you've got, <laughs> so you've got this roommate Sorry. who's like, yeah, I thought I heard her playing with her dog upstairs and I just went back to sleep. Let's not forget as I get into all of this, that I want to say that every single person 
in the um in the house had been drinking so the amount of like think about like if it's four o'clock in the morning and you were drunk and something woke you up at 4 a.m like you're delirious you're not really sure what's going on right so this is to me so many people play placed blame on the roommate and i just think that's so unfair because Mm. it's like if i like i can barely like find my phone charger or my phone if i've been like drinking right and then you expect me to wake up after four hours of sleep and i'm still drunk like there's no way right so a lot of the blame does get put on the roommates and i think that's really unfair because i think they're also fight or flight defensive mode they're just kind of like i didn't hear anything your brain doesn't automatically go to I heard a thud in the living room. It must be a murderer. Like your <laughs> yeah. brain tries like to like, hey, mitigate the situation. Like yeah. Well, your your house exactly. is your safe space, right? And like, so the yeah. last thing you think is something is going wrong. Yeah. You yeah. probably just think yeah. like, oh, that's just Joey being an idiot again in the living room. You know, yeah. like, Joey. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Joey. From friends. <laughs> so good anyway, guy. good guy. So 4 a.m. This DoorDash delivery gets dropped off at 4.04 a.m. there's the white Elantra comes into play again and it's seen doing a three-point turn in the roadway near the house um and this is all caught on like i said surveillance footage of maybe like look like people around that house um so that's one of the craziest parts to me is you've got 4 a.m you've got this doordash delivery right um right after that so this Elantra is doing this three-point turn right and this is a this is where they assume that the launcher is trying to park so that whoever's in it can get out of the car and go into the house um, at 4:12. So you know, not I mean, not even 10 minutes later, uh, Zaina Kernodal is using her app on her phone, her TikTok, her TikTok app. So she's on TikTok and she's scrolling through it. Um, the downstairs roommate, who I don't know their initials because they're not really talked about that often versus the other one on the second floor. Um, she also is awake at this time and hears um, sounds coming from Kernodal's room at about 4.15 p.m. And so you've got all these people passing within minutes of each other that you just think like, had this DoorDash delivery guy showed up two minutes later and had he had passed the suspect in in passing would it have scared him off and he ran away like i'm not about to face this oh, dude right? yeah. you know what i'm saying like dude he was got four all minutes away from passing. possibly like deterring a murderer i thought he was the mur- yeah. oh i'm hooked keep going <laughs> keep going so you got guy the doordash guy it. who either could have been like he could have been murdered or he could have like deterred the murder like i don't know how he lives with that right i mean he's wow. delivering a doordash at 4 a.m i like, for sure like, I thought have been two minutes later the doordash guy was the murderer me yeah. too oh, no oh, oh this no. just okay, took so... a turn in like some mom <laughs> so we're gonna uh, pause for so like you've got 10 seconds yeah i'm gonna share a screen so everybody can see the picture of this guy of what oh. he looks like about the girl yeah, that way yeah Go ahead and pause. <laughs> this podcast brought to you today by ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> Farmers right. only as well. So that's, yeah, that's, the, guy. that's the dude. That's can, the guy can that you got also pull up, Can you also pull up Ted can Bundy? You, because we went ahead and... Yes. We, can you do we Ted Bundy? Ahead. Anybody? That's also... Is that... Oh, that's the cheat. I thought that was Vladimir Putin on your right. 
thought it was Biden. <laughs> yeah. So thought it was Biden. Whoa. That's so. Oh, so good looking dude, right? After well, after, well, but but Garrett, like Garrett, if you went, guy. if you got hammered and went axe throwing, and that dude hit on you, you're in. <laughs> you're there. Ain't no he's qualms. Going, he's going to the Carter household now, dude. Look at that jawline, dude. I'm in. I'm. I'm not even. I'm in. That nose is too crooked for me. I want to say he's like six three or some six four, maybe. God. He's a really Keep big guy. Talking. Hot. I'm suddenly on his side. I'm I'm on his side. <laughs> So there's just a, a quick, fan. quick picture of look Ted Bundy. Yeah, that's creepy. Look, Very does he thin. not look kind of like Ted Bundy? He does. Yeah, the eyes. That, I think it's the eyes. What's that, Gaffron? And the nose. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of weird. No, don't talk about him like that. Yeah, you can't put Zac Efron. <laughs> no, that's literally Zac Efron under the second picture. Yeah, under the second one, yeah. But oh yeah, that is him. Did you ever watch that Netflix documentary? I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did you like it? I didn't. No, it was not good. It was kind of weird. <laughs> Owen Wilson's nose. <laughs> it looked like they're like trying wow. to dramatize like this. He muted him. Killer. Yes. Yeah, he can't talk. He muted him. Yeah, yeah. He, he he lost that privilege before you get on here. He wouldn't understand. Right. Sorry, back. sorry to go off on a tangent, but no, I want everybody okay. to see his face. I was I was that wondering was... if like commercials happened or whatever. So anyway, I add the sponsors uh, later. We're not that okay, popular cool. yet. We're starting small. <laughs> okay. We have like Dollar General and like. Ted Brought to you by E Trade. Yeah. It's tax season, everybody. Chinese balloons. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, party city. Oh my god, party city. So, um, so then, so you've got this. She's using TikTok right at four twelve a.m. And um, she at that time. So DoorDash has been delivered. The white Elantra is seen doing the three point turn. We're assuming he has parked and entered the home um, at this time. Um, you hear the downstairs roommate gives a. Um, a statement to the police saying that at 4.15, 4.12, somewhere in that area, uh, she is also awake and she opens her door and she hears a male voice telling somebody something to the effect of, it's okay, I'm going to help you. And um, that's when we can assume that like the murders happened, right? Um, I won't go into too much detail about the murders because all you need to know is they are all four stabbed to death and it is very brutal. Uh, and it's, it's the only good part is that from the autopsy, um, the autopsy results have concluded that they didn't suffer and they all died very quickly. This was a very quick calculated murder. Okay. So our four murders, I guess. So, so I think calculated is the key word, right? Like this, it's not just yeah. a, Oh, yeah, it wasn't just like random. Correct. So at four, so that's 4.12 a.m. At 4.17 a.m., a security camera from a nearby residence uh, picks up some distorted audio um, from what sounds like a dog bark. You can hear a dog barking numerous times. Um, And then you can hear crying and you can hear a loud thud. And so that's when they've narrowed down that this comes from Zaina Kernodal's room um, and Ethan Chapin is killed. So you can hear her crying and you can then hear the dog barking. It's like this whole murder has been caught on somebody's audio. It's really crazy. You can hear the thud on a neighbor's audio. Must have been a big old thud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it picks up. It's like, so all these houses are like really close together on this I want to, it's not sorority row, 
Mm -hmm. they are all these like three-story homes that are just like cookie cutter right so somebody's camera on the outside of their home was videoing maybe their driveway um and happened to be on the same level as zayna's room and is like six or ten feet outside her door like her her window um and ends up catching it so at that time it's exactly like at some point it's like exactly unclear what time it is the roommate on the second floor um by they go by the name of she goes by the name of dm i think it's come out her name is dylan Hmm. she opens her door and she comes face to face with this guy and yeah this is the part i watched immediately yeah he immediately runs out the door and he leaves and she can only describe him as a guy in all black clothing. He has a mask on and he has really bushy eyebrows. That's like, like the dude from the food truck. <laughs> I right. Hoodie so, man. No, so this is like really tall guy. No, the food so so I'll go back to that. Um Okay, sorry. Food truck guy, not the guy. I'm not hanging on every word. <laughs> I know. So um they she ends up coming like face to face with this guy and he walks out the sliding glass door which is where he's presumed to have come in to the house to enter the home um she goes back into her room locks the door and goes back to sleep and that's it and so um at she's in on it a.m at 4 20 a.m the elantra is seen leaving the neighborhood at a high rate of speed um so that's from 4 12 to 4 20 yeah very quickly um it happened so fast and that's why i really think like i'll get into why i think it was like the the death penalty is on the table in idaho and Mm, good i don't think it's gonna take a lot for the prosecution to determine that this was premeditated all they have to say is it was premeditated. Like they have to prove it's premeditated, and this guy really could get the death penalty unless he takes the plea deal of life in prison. Colin. <laughs> Colin. Do you, so because I did not look up any previous info. Was it premeditated for these women and male, or do you think he was going to kill that night? So I'm. I'll let me get to that. So that's. Oh, a good sorry, question. sorry. Um, oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's okay. He doesn't know. That's a he good know, question. He doesn't that's know about that Reddit post, does he, Mackenzie? Is that oh. spoiler? Is that talk about. Oh. So, this right. Mutable. <laughs> 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 I just have questions, man. I like this. Yeah, I know. It's good. So, um, <laughs> so that is at this white Elantra is seen leaving at 4:20 a.m. Um. During right after the murders, um, it comes out that the um, hold on, I gotta turn this up real quick. So it comes out that the police have started honing in on this white Elantra, and the reason how they kind of come to like how do they get to Brian Koberger, who ends up being arrested and is the main suspect in the, these murders. So he's arrested. December 30th, I believe, is his arrest date. How did we get to Brian Koberger a month and a half later? So this white Elantra, what I was kind of, so whenever they first decided, you know what, this is the car we're kind of, kind of like go after, right? This, these police, the police force went door to door. They did such amazing police work when you like read the probable cause affidavit which is actually so many people don't read those because you think 
of like a lawyer piece of paper is like way too hard to read, but they broke it down into layman's terms very well. And any, I mean, I really suggest if you're interested in knowing why they're arresting this guy, you should go read it. And it's very easy to read. So, um, they they search they searched high and low. They had zero suspects. This guy has no ties. There is no motive. There is no motive at this point that has come out to connecting these four college students and this guy who goes to college in a whole nother university. So how do we connect him? Um, there were twenty two thousand Elantras that were registered in the area like let's just say and within 200 miles they started really big and they started working their way down and um they started with the elantras that were on campus and who they were registered to and so they started taking these elantras and then they started taking they would go person by person of all these elantras and their phone records and start figuring out what where was this person at the time of the murders then they go and start investigating. They narrow it down to, let's just say, 10,000 Elantras and then 500. And they start going down to where they're like, all right, this person has a, a solid alibi. Um, and that's what took so long is they put police on the ground, on foot, going around and interviewing person after person after person to determine was this person involved. That's good. And so, I would um, I would be so another, pissed if I was just a regular person in a launcher and I just got picked up by like a SWAT team for no reason. I'm just trying to go to work. It's yeah. like, what? Bro, frat party. Where's what? your alibi? Frat party. What? I'm going Bro, to H-E-B, man. Never. Get out of my way. Dude, I have a child. I have a child. And so I just think it's really like they did such a good job. Now, how did they find this white Elantra, specifically this one? Tell so me. remember when I was talking about conspiracy theorists and how you don't need a chip in you because it, you're on camera every day. The government knows exactly where you are. Come in. We're exactly. all about to perk up now. Let's all point at our phones. Whoa, you're so, doing a great job. <laughs> so they catch this Elantra, right? And they catch it on a gas station camera going towards the scene of the crime before. Then they catch it leaving the scene of the crime. Um. They catch it literally. They go ring door by ring doorbell by ring doorbell all the way back to Pullman, Washington, which is where he goes to school, um, to Washington State. So they literally track this Elantra, and they're able using to find cameras. where he park where he parks it using uh, campus um, campus cameras, using stoplight cameras, using pe per people's personal ring doorbell cameras, security cameras. They literally watch his every move all the way back. And so then they start saying, you know what? We're going to start looking at this guy. Let's look at his cell phone pings. So they're going to look at where his cell phone pings off of in relation to where he's at at like that specific time. So they take the nearest cell tower and they get his phone number and they do all of the techno technological stuff. Um, and they realize that he his phone pings does not ping at the murder, but it pings at where he's his place of residence in Pullman, Washington. It makes its way and it pings all the way until about like a couple miles outside of the the home of the murders, the scene of the crime, and then it just shuts off. Turns his phone so off. He turns Smart. his phone off. Okay. Then he turns his phone on after the murders at I want to at four. 
45 a.m., I believe his phone turns back on. 25 minutes. And so, so it's insane. Like it, it, this murder happened so quickly. And so this guy, what, like, so they catch him, right? What is, how, how everyone thinks that, okay, this guy's got to be super smart. Whoever got away with this murder is, is it's a month and a half. Like this guy's on the run. Like he is gone. You're never going to find him. Right. Um, Brian Koberger was a, he had a degree in psychology and then goes on to have a master's in criminology and getting oh. his PhD in criminal justice at the time which, of the murder. Which, which just, to, this is where it gets absolutely nuts. Nothing yeah. fucks. So this guy, <laughs> so this guy has a, a, he is studying to be a police officer, a detective. Like he's studying specifically some of his interests are serial killers um he i think one of the crazy parts about this is i i might butcher this but i'm gonna try i want to say his professor is um one of the people who i don't know if y'all know anything about btk the btk killer fine torture and kill killer i can't remember his name right now super famous serial killer um, really gross and creepy, creepy guy, but, uh, he's in prison and this professor of Brian Koberger's is one of the only ones who's interviewed him and written like a book about him and about like the mind of a serial killer. And Brian Koberger ends up, um, speaking with this guy's daughter over time and, and kind of like learning more about BTK and all this kind of stuff. So he, knows exactly what he's doing and it comes out maybe three weeks after the murders whenever they start honing in on brian koberger um i want to so december 30th he's arrested and so let me back up about a week or two after he's arrested not the murders um it comes out that he put out a almost like a like a job posting i guess you call it on reddit for his class he's writing a paper for his criminology class on how to murder somebody basically and he puts out this reddit post on specifically towards criminals and he wants to know what they were thinking how did they plan it how did they get into where they were committed the crime how did they get away did they what kind of weapon was used so he's like interviewing murderers i guess you could say so this guy is studying how to commit the perfect crime and so they zone in now anybody can drive a white elantra Mm -hmm. anybody can be driving at the around this house at no it's not illegal to drive around a neighborhood at four o'clock in the morning it's not illegal to do a three-point turn in a street um, it's not illegal to turn your phone off when you want to and turn it back on when you want to, right? Um, how do they catch this guy? So this guy's planning the perfect murder, right? And he's trying to get away with it. And he's so smart, all this kind of stuff. It comes that it, com- it, it it's found out that at the scene of the crime, he accidentally left his knife sheath next to one of the victims. Oh, brother. I thought that was so weird and almost like to the point where it made me a little leery of, did he really, did he want to do that? Like, is that like his, 
It might be his MO. So we don't know. There is still so much out there about the motive that we don't know. I mean, like, did he try to put somebody else's fingerprints on it and like try to? Yeah. Well, I mean, could he have been leaving his like his calling card? Like a lot of yeah, a criminal minds will either take yeah, they'll either take stuff from the scene and they'll keep it, or they'll leave their footprint or their fingerprint at their like they claim this murder. It's a crazy thing, right? Yeah. So um. Keep going. So he leaves this knife sheath and they don't know there there is no they, they pull the DNA from it. Um there the only DNA on it comes from the victims, the blood from the victims, um, and then an unknown male source from the the button on the sheath. So an unknown mm. male. So what that means is they have run his DNA through CODIS, which is where if ever you commit a crime and they take your DNA, your fingerprints, it's put into a system, and then they'll run they'll run DNA through the CODIS system to figure out if like you'd committed this murder, right? And you have already had past criminal history. Um, typically you're you're never gonna just murder once and get it out of your system like that's not a thing it always starts as something small you always commit these murders and serial killers and like intense murders will do something small and it will always escalate so typically their their dna is always in codis well this guy's wasn't and so they had to figure out okay he's not just going to give us our his dna because we don't want to set him off We've been tailing him. He's been on um, surveillance for weeks. They don't want to tip him off. They have noticed that by the time he gets back to his parents' home, so this pre-planned trip with his dad happens right at Christmas break. His dad flies from Pennsylvania to uh, Pullman, Washington, and they get in his Elantra and they drive cross-country to Pennsylvania. And... um, so now you've got the Idaho police who were like, not only is this guy in Washington in a whole nother state, even though it's 10 minutes away, he is leaving thousands of miles away. And how do we know he's going to come back? Like, we've mm. got to get on him. We have to get something on him or we're going to lose him forever. So they surveil him all the way across the country, um, kind of the same way with the cameras um, through different uh through different jurisdictions and stuff like that. So he ends up being stopped twice on his trip back home to Pennsylvania, which um, actually ends up turning out that those were not planned. Um, One of the rumors was that detectives knew that who they they needed to have him stopped for, for whatever reason. Um, Turns out they didn't. In fact, the Idaho police were in the FBI were mad that that happened, that they did stop him um, because they were afraid they would like lead, like he would get scared. Right. Spook him. Um, spook so that him actually, off, yeah. they would spook him. So that actually was not supposed to happen, but did on accident. Um, and it's kind of weird whenever they stop him, they have camera footage of him. You should go watch it, but they have like the video footage from the police cams and like almost immediately he like, tries to divert all of the questioning over to something else and he immediately brings up this like police standoff in Washington which I don't actually know anything about um he's like hey yeah did you hear about this police standoff where this guy like wanted to get killed and like all this kind of stuff like he's diverting away from himself the entire conversation it's so obvious 
And he looks super so, nervous too. Yeah, he is very he looks nervous. Extremely and nervous. his dad, poor guy, is just like, like we were. They, I think they were following too close to somebody and maybe speeding. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But so, do you think um, dad knows and he was like, trying to help his son? I don't. Or think those so. are very panicky and driving you, manners, if not. Yes, and I'll tell you why I don't think he had anything to do with it. So, he gets back to Pennsylvania. And he is sur- he's on surveillance in Pennsylvania for, for days before he's arrested. He is seen being extremely weird, taking his trash out with gloves. Um, all of his bottles are like pre like bagged separately and like all this kind of stuff. He's throwing all his trash away in his neighbor's trash can. Um, yeah. And there were questions about the like how do you get DNA from somebody you don't want to throw off? So if you throw for any murderers out there that are listening to this, if you throw your trash can, if you throw your trash in your it's trash public. can, it becomes public knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they can so go through it at any whatever time. You th- yes. Whatever you throw away is determined to be public knowledge, um, which is why you should also shred anything that has your social security on it. <laughs> they end up doing a trash pull on his home about three days before he is arrested and it comes back that they do like genealogy testing um 23 in a very like dumbed down very small sense of genealogy testing so they they take the dna from a bottle that his dad had drinking out of and they take that dna and they figure out that the dna on the knife sheath is from the son of the guy that they took the DNA from. So it doesn't necessarily say it's exactly Koberger, but this guy has no other sons. He has a, he had Koberger, Brian Koberger has one sister and that's it. Um, so they do a very short DNA test that um, does genealogy testing basically. And they figure out that the DNA on the sheet comes from, because all sons and fathers share that same is it the Y chromosome? Is that what you share? Where are all my teachers at? Okay. So it's the Y chromosome. So every father and son share that. And it's like super rare that that would ever, um, like that would ever change. It would be a very rare every hundred or thousand years that all of a sudden the a Y chromosome would change its DNA. Does that make sense? So anyway, and, I, and I think they, I think they said with that short testing, like a 50% match really means that it's like basically 9.9. That's what they said on the documentary Correct. I watched. So I just wanted to throw that in there. That was two minutes <laughs> yeah, of my 40 yeah, minutes, I so I'm running say, out of time. I want to say that your Y chromosome is like, it's not a direct uh, copy. It's like 50% or whatever. So that's like a 100% match. So mm. um, they get this DNA. They take it back to Idaho. They draft up their probable cause affidavit and their arrest warrant, and they arrest him. And he the first words out of his mouth whenever he was arrested was, um, has anyone else been arrested? And I think that that's very, yeah, it, it is, but it isn't because you have to think about who this guy is a whole, like he's in criminology. He has his masters in criminal justice. He knows exactly what to say. He knows his Miranda rights and he knows Mm -hmm. that he's not, he can't say anything. He's, he will not say anything without an attorney. And when he does, it's going to be very calculated. Um, He also has a psychology degree. So this guy's going to play games. So I don't think anybody else was 
this is the guy. If you don't think this is the guy, you're crazy. He killed these four people, like, by himself. Um, but he knows people like why, us are going to be like, wait, why did he say that? And then we're I know, so us crazy. And see, he's got, he's thinking ahead of the game because, okay, he's been arrested. There's no, he can't just, like, run away, right? They have him in cuffs. Mm-hmm. He's now, his next feat is a jury because he very likely will go to, you know, trial yeah. by jury. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just, just getting gonna, all like, the information that he can twist and everything like that. Exactly. Oh, he's trying to confuse because some old white like, lady that they're going to put on that panel. Yep. And his defense is going to know exactly who to pick to be on this jury that might believe that. And so, mm. um, so I don't think anyone else was I, like, this is a single, he did this. Um, so I want to go back to a little bit about the phone records. Premeditated. How do we know this is premeditated? Why do we think it's premeditated? Yes. Um, his his cell phone ends up his the cell phone he has ends up going active like August twelfth of twenty twenty two. So like right before the school year, he gets a new cell phone in Pullman, Washington. Um, and they follow his ping. So good police work focuses on the day of the murders and then it focuses on the day before and the day after and then it focuses on the day before that and the day after that and it keeps going and going and going and going because you don't want to miss what happened like why did this happen and the only way we're gonna know if this has happened is what happened like months before and that's how you get your motive right so um his cell phone ends up pinging the cell tower very close to the house 12 times before the murders actually take place. Um, what? His cell phone also pings. So it pings, remember, at like 2.50 in the morning, and then it turns yeah, off. Yeah, it shuts off. It, it, it comes back. Um, it reconnects to the, the cell tower that is the network south of Moscow. Like, I want to say around 4.48, something like that. Um, so he turns his phone off. And then his phone is seen traveling back to Pullman, Washington. And then it's seen again at 9 12 in the morning back at the scene of the crime returned and so yeah his phone returns to the murder which is another angle on how they caught him because it there, there are lots of reasons he could have returned number one he could be really cocky and wanting to see he's probably thinking oh it's 9 30 in the morning somebody's obviously called the police. or say I it i want to see <laughs> i want to see all the um, the, the, the traction that's happening or he could or, have said oh crap I left my sheet yes! <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting there like so, dang it yeah so so and we won't know I don't think we'll know a lot of his motives if we ever know his motive in in all honesty we may never we may never know why he did it yeah, um, it has come out just like be. a few yeah you know what's what's crazy is i looked up that i looked up that btk strangler which uh he gave himself the nickname blind torture kill and after he committed all these murders from 1974 to 1991 but then as he was doing it he sent taunting letters to police and media outlets and was not caught until 2005. Mm. so Mm -hmm. i wonder if like the sheath was almost like his taunting leather or letter and ended up having dna on it he figured that out and then now I wonder, since he's yeah. caught, maybe he's going to play as many games as he can until he goes away, like Charles Manson type. But what if, all right, what if 
I spend some time on Reddit. So what if he was getting these answers and it was like, hey, this will throw them off if you turn your phone off this far away. Or like, what if like people are good at murdering, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and they know like the process to it. And the people answering this Reddit aren't always going to be murderers. They're going to be criminologists or psychologists and they'll give their idea of a picture murder. So what if he's putting all of these things into practice in one and that's why he's turning his phone off? And then, oh, dude, I'm just, I'm just shook it. Yeah, because I, I feel like he, I feel like he did a lot of random things, like the way he was like talking to him, and I guess like how he showed up, and maybe how he arrived on scene. Like, I wonder yeah. if he just took like the top comment from like, okay, what do I do when I get there? Okay, this is the top three comments. I'm going to try this. The case like, study that comes from this is going to be like, Nuts. what did he do that other murderers have done in the past that he combined in this one mm-hmm. murder? Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, this guy's obviously really complex. If you, you can go and look at his background, I won't go into a lot of it because it's, it's, it's not to me relevant. It is. And it isn't because you still committed a murder and I mean, I'm sorry, you kind of deserve what's, co- yes, you deserve what's coming. And I don't know if your background like helps or hurts you, but he does have some type of mental disorder. Um, and it's very clear in a lot of like his Facebook post or like MySpace or whatever he's like posting on Reddit, all this kind of stuff. Um, it's very dark and just like this guy's got a problem and he has had a problem for a very long time. And it's unfortunate that it wasn't caught sooner because maybe, yes, maybe this could have been prevented. I won't play that card too hard because to me, I think that this guy was sick and he was going to do it either way, uh, whether he was helped at 15 years old or not um i wrote that down i I have like a list of questions i want to ask at the end and one of them was like i literally wrote do you think like murders like this guy who studies psychology and masters in criminology have a mental disorder that makes them like want to murder like there's they're very intelligent people but they also have this mental disability where they have to get something like an outlet and this is their way of doing it or under feel like above the law. that part of the brain that tells somebody right or wrong is like underdeveloped and like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like maybe it's genetic yeah. or something like that. They're like, they don't see it as right or wrong. They're just like, oh, it's a gray area. Yeah, but. yeah, no, I think that's uh, he's got he's got something. You should go look up his his past posts and all that kind of stuff. He, there is a big mental disorder from what is seemingly a very normal family that he comes from. I mean, his sister is very normal. I think she was in a movie. Um, I don't know. It, very small part in a movie. Like, she was successful. It's mm. not like she just, like... You know what I'm saying? It's not like she was, like, a dud, too, right? And um, the unfortunate part is I think this guy did need an outlet, and I think he chose crime, and I think his whole life was working up to this one night. And I really, in all honesty, this is so sad and disgusting, but this, this, everything he did, like he does not have remorse. He's not going to have remorse. Um, murders typically don't have remorse. And he, this entire murder was his case study. He was a mm. criminologist. He was in his, he was in his PhD. He was doing yeah. this to study his degree and he unfortunately didn't view these people as people he yeah. just he murdered them for his studying and i think that's so crazy 
um, and, and very sad, but insane. And what's and what's crazy too? Don't you have to do like some type of like dissertation or something when you yeah, go to get your master's? Sure. Like, I wonder if, and I'm sure, obviously they're gonna they're gonna trash that, but I wonder if this was like a huge assignment that he was basically oh, yeah. doing and then gonna present to just like the world instead of like the. And can you imagine? Being I really the think he, yeah, I really think he still thinks he's in a case mm -hmm. study. To be yeah. honest, I don't think he thinks like he he's thinks in he's jail. in like a movie or um, something. Well, he thinks he's smarter than yeah. Like he thinks he is like leading this case study like he has he yeah. did the research on reddit he's putting it into practice and like yeah i think he thought he was so smart where he could do this and then benefit from it as an it's almost it's almost like a dumbed down version of law-abiding citizen you guys ever seen that movie oh, oh yeah that movie God, oh, yeah, was yeah. so good where like he did he like purposely shows the justice system that it's messed up but instead this guy's yeah. just kind of crazy but anyway oh, that's yeah but i it's just we'll be I'll be interested to see what comes out. They did take some evidence from his apartment, I believe in Pullman, Washington. Um they do not have a, a murder weapon yet. They have not found the knife. It's believed to be um it's believed to be a very big knife. Uh I I don't I don't know a whole lot about knives to be honest, but That's um, not a knife. It has the this double is edge. A knife. <laughs> <laughs> um Like a sword? So I don't know. No, no, not a sword. Definitely a knife, but like, like, mm, like a, a big knife. knife. <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. like a huge fillet knife, like something like the real deal. Oh, that's, that's it. A Mulan, chill. <laughs> okay, Cody, before you get followed by the cops, yeah, sheriff's coming over. If DoorDash shows up, I'm freaking out. <laughs> you want some candy? Gosh. Um. Okay, yeah. I have another question for you. Wait, keep going. Well, my last thing to say was June 26th, I believe, is the probable cause hearing. He did waive his right to a speedy trial, um, which, again, I think is just a play on, or I think it was smarter than police, no like, part of it. So he, there is a gag order in place, which means that media and, <laughs> um, like, social media, all that kind of stuff cannot, like, they cannot talk about the family cannot talk to the media. Um, mm. Neither can the attorneys, judges. Like it's like it's restricted Shut because right now, really? in big high profile cases, yeah, in, in high profile cases. So it'll be it'll um, be judged by there media is a law. Yeah. Yes, there is a an amendment. I believe I don't know which amendment it is, but like that the media is like they're allowed to like you can't restrict their access to the public. Does that make sense? So like, yeah, um, the public has the right to know. It's a, the checks and balances system, right? Yeah, they have the right to know what's happening in the justice system, so it doesn't become corrupt. And so it's important to um, keep, you know, the 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 public in sight all the time. But for a judge to put a gag order on a case basically Ooh. means that this is so high profile that we're not going to be able to have a jury that is unbiased if we don't stop it now. Yeah, because the media in will order take to over have that and, yeah. Oh yeah. They they can before, before they in order to have that it. jury because even yeah. though we think and we know this guy did this, he still has the right to a fair trial. True. Like that's no and if, it, and if you does, if you let right? it get out there by the time they get in the seats, those those people that are going to be picked for the jury already have their minds made up without yeah. a doubt. Exactly. So, okay, we're waiting for June 26th. 
yeah. eagerly. Back on. There, there will be a follow up with yeah. you, Mackenzie, because that was yes. <laughs> that was incredible. I feel like I knew nothing, and now I feel like I know it all. Like I'm about to drive up to Idaho and just let that dude have a piece of my mind. Idaho. Yeah. I'm gonna sit down. <laughs> I'm gonna sit down and take all Colin's questions with me and just have a tell all. Have a little Netflix right. special. Oh yeah. Do you have any more questions, Colin? Oh. Like you, I feel like you this one. Well, this one doesn't make sense. It was, um, what if there was a human head in the DoorDash bag? But I think we ruled him out. I think he's not a part of it. <laughs> all right, but I think that got right. debunked pretty quick. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Do you think that serial kill? Like we look at all these, like Ted Bundy, um, John Lacy. I don't know the clown guy. Like we look Lacey. at all these John examples of Gacy. yes in history of serial killers do you think there are as many if not more right now than ever before but we're so desensitized to it like we are mass shootings like it just happens so much that there's no point in reporting on it or um yes and no i feel like let's just take let's just go back 20 years let's just go 2000 even majority of your serial killers who are think about extremely famous ones like ted bundy or john wayne gacy or the btk killer right all of those happened in a span of like the 70s and the 80s like 60s right that era there there was no phone there was no cell phone that was attached to you all the time there was no, ring there was no social media there were no ring cameras like there was no way to keep record of these serial killers. Like people just disappeared and there wasn't DNA testing. There wasn't like, even if you go into like, you know, the police work itself, think about how many policemen there were back then detectives compared to now. And I think, um, I think right now, I think now it is harder to be a serial killer. And I don't think I, than it was back then. I think that serial killers now are more few far in between because we can't compare a serial killer to a mass murderer, right? They're right, not the same right. thing. Yeah. And so mass murders, unfortunately, are the easiest, they're the easiest kind of murder to me. Um, because it's not close and personal. You're not, you're using such a high powered weapon, right? Um, for, for this, for Brian Koberger to choose a knife was so risky. Yeah. Um, and personal, yeah. Because yes, and very personal. And it has come out that it's he is it is said that he has been fault he followed the three female roommate um on Instagram and slid into their DMs and just did it over and over and over again and never got a response. And because of that mental disorder that he has, whatever it is, um, most likely he took such offense that these women weren't just like, fawn, mm. like fawning over him that yeah. he was like, well, I'm just going to kill him then, you know, because so they were, I feel wronged. They and were that's, and that's you know picked. Saying? That's an underlying issue. I feel too. like, yeah, but, I feel like that could be a motive. So um, there's that, but I, I definitely think that serial killers now, I think are going to be few and far in between because I think that first murders like, so, like, to me, a serial killer, yes, there were four victims in this instance, but this was an isolated incident. Mm -hmm. Ted Bundy, let's just say he killed 10, he had 10 incidents, 
but that doesn't mean there were just 10 victims. So right. a mass murder could be, you know, let's take the Las Vegas shooting, for instance. I don't know how many people died, but it could potentially have been hundreds. More than one. I mean, shooting, yeah, shooting from a high yeah. tower at just people, just people, like, I can't believe the I can't believe there were more people that didn't die. And to me, like those people that do that, they they're out for a death wish, right? Serial mm -hmm. killers are smart. They're they're smart. They they know exactly what they're doing. They've it researched, they practice planning for sure. Yeah. It does. And so it's not just short um, and do damage. Idaho does not have the um insanity plea, so he can't he can't plea insanity in this case oh yeah and so Ooh. what will be crazy to what what will be interesting to me is is he going to um plead guilty admit to murder um and take a plea deal which would be life in prison or is he going to say no i didn't do this he still thinks he i'm pretty sure he still thinks he didn't do this like this was yeah, just a study this wasn't crazy. meant for anything and is he gonna try to to throw the jury throw the like because that that's what's crazy is he's either if they pursue the death penalty he's either going to get the death penalty he's going to take a plea deal or he's going to walk mm -hmm. and so god can you imagine if they if he go to free, pursue just by the way he was yeah. able to talk his way out of it i mean look at freaking casey anthony oj yeah that's true <laughs> yeah. exactly i won't even say what she is <laughs> Anyway, so I just no, I don't think that I, I don't think that I think serial killers will not be in because of technology and the and the advances in, in police work, I don't think they'll be very common. But but we I, we, I, have, I, we have definitely romanticized that idea though. Like I think people confuse mass murder with trying to be a serial killer because they know they can't consistently get away with it because they're just crazy and they're just acting in the immediate. But I think we have kind of romanticized like the Ted Bundy and the Jeffrey Dahmer and like all that crazy stuff. But, but one of the biggest be... things in the U.S. right now is human trafficking, right? People are getting yeah. stolen and we have the same mm -hmm. cell phone technology. They're just not killing these people. They're selling them. Like yeah. the only difference there is it's not like you're, you may be picking your victim too. I don't know. But I think the only difference yeah. there is you're not killing the person. Like this is still a really Correct. world or countrywide phenomenon and we have all this stuff to catch people but people are just one men mental disabilities are an all-time high everywhere um and then two people are getting smarter with their stuff so that's why no one's catching these human trafficking and they're doing it hidden in plain sight but they're just not killing them so yeah. people are not caring as much if that may not Correct. be true yeah but. yeah well and i think too that the unfortunate part of of I think serial trafficking, if you want to even call it that, I mean, these, these women, um, I think a lot of people too, kind of, um, they think this, let's just take, for instance, like a trafficker, right? He goes into a home at night, he, he breaks in and he steals a child, right? Mm -hmm. And then he grooms that child and he makes them into a trafficker. That is so rare. That is not that does not happen very often. Agreed. Um, a majority of the women and men that are trafficked through this system are people who, unfortunately, people don't care about. They're your prostitutes. Yeah, they're your drug addicts. They're your people who live. They're homeless. They live on the street. They don't have a family. They've got nobody and depending so, on them. So there's no. Correct. They they I, and so I think that 
it's not that people don't care. It's that people don't know because they don't know these people. And so uh, that's the unfortunate part about trafficking is two things. They're picking people who people don't know are missing and it makes way too much money to stop. I mean, and yeah. I, I think there's the yeah. conspiracy theorists inside me saying yeah. that trafficking is makes way too much money in this in America and across the world. I don't care where you live, that it won't stop because it goes all it's the way. It's a business. I think. I think. Hashtag Wayfair. Two two of the touchiest conspiracy theories that you can get into is human <laughs> trafficking, and then I think like the whole like cancer treatment within hospitals too. Like I feel like cancer is definitely oh for sure we have a dollar business for but then sure. you look at things like like you kind of like you joked about it but the whole wayfair thing it's like but that's like legitimately a business <clears throat> it can be monopolized yeah. as a business but yes we, yeah. we 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 have to save that but we definitely need to follow up on <laughs> what you just laid out for us because yeah. the so, timeline was spot on we thought it was the food delivery guy colin thought there was a head in the bag for some reason. I don't know where to dude, I, dude, talk about a freaking plot twist. It was the mafia. They're going to put a horse head in his bed or something. Yeah, it was a mafia head. What if that, the door... Well, I just saw... The, no, we don't got to get in. Okay, what if the DoorDash driver had the sheath in the bag so when she took it to the bedroom, he put it there, framed him, so the DoorDash dude pivoted a U-turn, dipped... Wait, did he drive the Elantra? No. Oh, then the other guy did it for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's a good case closed. Colin's like three for three on having an argument and then beating his own argument with his own words. He's proved himself wrong. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. No, that 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 was yes. and and like I said, I wanted to come in kind of being an idiot and naive to what was going on, but like I didn't know it was as in depth as what it looked like on that documentary. Yeah. And then when I saw your 18 pages of notes, I was like, man, is there something like deeper to this story? It's just so, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. nuts because. Well, the craziest thing that I read, like, you, like Lindsay told me, was like the fact that that other girl saw the dude and then just went to sleep yeah. and then woke up and then made a, like a 911 call. It's like you had seven hours yeah. or something to call the cops mm -hmm. and you didn't do anything. Like, hmm. Yeah, there, sounds there, like you're victim shaming. Him. You need to. It's be... not her fault. It's not her fault. Mute him. <laughs> Mute him. <laughs> it's yeah. not the roommate's fault. I mean, she should have called somebody. I... Yeah, she she didn't go into what is it, fight or flight? Like she froze. I'm pretty sure there's a third one. If I see fight, a mask, flight, like freeze, and I think she froze. Someone's getting shot. Yeah, I'd say. You've mask. been drinking all night. It's four a.m. You don't know if you saw what I you saw. I think she locked the door and was like, I, Yeah, see no evil, mention, hear no okay? evil. Remember, this house was a party house. People are in and out of the house. Yeah, that's true. At all that's times. True. She because could have thought he was there for something different. I don't know. Because that's, that's, one of the, that's, that's one of the theories, too, is that he had come before that to like a party to kind of like stock them and basically got the layout of the house so that he could get in there and not really alert. Like if he only wanted to take out like one person – he wouldn't wake anybody else up no that's that's a god that's such a crazy story i didn't know i didn't know how many like moving parts there were and then he got caught yeah thank and, you big and it's ongoing stalking him yeah well the surveillance yeah, there's still part a lot too, coming out yes the surveillance, the surveillance. Part, that's that was amazing. big that's big yeah. And yeah i think there's going to be if i i think that's been going on for 
uh, since the mid two thousands. Uh, conspiracy <laughs> theory myself. Dalton unmuted. That's been going on for a long time, but seeing it yeah. in the, I'm gonna say the spotlight of this case is, that's big. That's like yeah, yeah. And and they'll say it like this, so it's you know even though it isn't, it's still an invasion of privacy. But they're gonna use it to like, oh no, this is why we need this. It's it's the yeah. whole reason this we have the why. Patriot Act because we were attacked on our soil yeah. by terrorists. So now I have to know where you are on your phone at all times. Like that's what it's turned into, and it helps in those situations. But ninety percent of the time, my which, FBI agents looking at me like one hundred percent. If a cop would came and knocked on my door, I'd have been like, yeah, dude, here's my DVR that records. Yeah. 10,000 hours of video. But they camera. went ahead Use and X'd out the want. they went ahead and X'd out the middleman yeah. and didn't even knock on the door. They just hacked into their ring camera and just looked at it. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And that's so everything that we have so far, just I'll end on this is like the probable prob- probable cause affidavit has come out. All they have to like the Idaho police could have said three sentences and gave probable cause like the DNA was on the knife sheath and that's it. And could have gone on. But yeah. this probable cause affidavit was so well written that they were not going to leave anything out because they're going for a conviction. They're, I I would be so surprised if they don't go for the death penalty. They're trying to get that dude for sure. For sure. That's nice. Well, Mackenzie, I, 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 yeah. I have come into this podcast a couple times with a bunch of notes and like a lot of plans. And the way that you presented this case on top of like your notes and such a great order and you were so well-spoken, I think you crushed it. Like, I feel it like was, I know oh, actually a lot it about it now. 100%. 10 times yes. better than finding out that our founding fathers were gay. Mackenzie, you That's have, a conspiracy theory in itself. You have absolutely killed it. And if you get a couple calls tonight <laughs> from like Indonesia or Australia or Canada, just be ready to be on the move. You may, you may be going on multiple podcasts in different countries. You may be on a world uh, tour after this. Oh my goodness. I don't, hey, just like I don't know if fun. Justin's, I don't know if Justin's ever told you this, but, um, Broccoli's man-made. <laughs> okay, we're not getting into it. Mackenzie, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, we really appreciate it. We will follow up with you, um, I guess, whenever June... Yep. 26... 26-ish. 26. Something around That's there. good. Okay. Colin, we're, I have we're one legit, last thing. McKenzie. We're legit. I have one last thing. What? Y'all ready? Yeah. Y'all ready for Please Baby Rose number two? What? What? Yes. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Show us. Prove it. No, prove it. No, I'm being dead honest. I wanted it to be on the podcast. It'll be the first so everybody can know. Are you freaking serious dude. right now? Baby number two on the way. Due in August. Another Holy August. What? Cow. Bro, what? Yeah. They're pregnant. Dude, you guys are just crazy. All of us. Now. All of us. We're all pregnant. We're all pregnant. We're all pregnant. <laughs> yes. We're all pregnant. This is a joint baby. Oh, okay, That's how it Cody, happens. congratulations. Hell yeah. It's probably like the Doke is describing how it happened. Look. I'm glad we could get a really bad serial murder in front of that announcement, but I'm glad. We hey, get you know, I thought Dalton about like, yeah. ending the night on a good note, you know? Yeah, what a, what Dude, a great congrats. Yeah. Sorry about the murders, but wow. congratulations, yeah. Cody. Yeah, I wasn't going to. One murder brings a new life, you know? Everybody was here, so I was like, we got to do it. Mackenzie, you have to be on every podcast now because good things happen. Making a full band. Yeah, Mackenzie, you always have to be here now. Man, that's awesome. God. Cody, congrats, dude. Cody, you're the best. Good times, bad friends.